What is good, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of Keep It A Midly, and I have a very, very special guest today. We have a track and field athlete at Howard University. We have a photographer, producer, and YouTuber all mixed into one from Sicklerville, New Jersey, Mr. Wavy Media himself, Chris Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on, y'all? Chris, welcome to the podcast. You know, when I was putting the idea for this together and I was thinking about who my first guest was going to be, had to be my college roommate. No, man, you know, you know. Phil had to, you know. You've been through so much, you know, moving up to Mazda last year, doing this track thing. And when I thought of guests, I was like, I have to have Chris on here first. You know, Chris, just, you know, tell the people about yourself a little bit, what you got going on in life, and then we can get right into it. Well, you know, firstly, you know, I definitely say I'm happy to be here, man. Like, you know, happy that you thought of me first. You For know? sure. It's, you know, if y'all know anything about Kayla, man, Kayla's my boy. I mean, Kayla's been through... A lot of stuff together, for sure, for sure. And um, I guess just to start off the basis is, you know, I'm clearly, you know, he's already pretty much ran down pretty much what I what I do. You know, I run track. I run the 800 and 1500 at, uh, since sometimes before for the Howard Track and Field team. And I am a full-time photographer, videographer, producer, writer, Filmmaker, pretty much anything that you want me to be when it comes to the whole media communication aspect of, I, I guess, the whole thing. For sure. So just starting off, Wavy Media, where'd that come from? Where'd you get the name from? And just, you know, how long have you had your company, Wavy Media? Uh, so Wavy Media started back in 20, I want to say 2016. So I'm going on to my sixth year of doing this for Actually, you know, I'll say I'm going on my third year doing this full time. Uh, but Wavy Media, I'd say, just kind of just stemmed off of my original name. Uh, I restarted my Instagram back in like 2014, and it was like Chris Jersey or something. And then like, <laughs> I cut off my 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 very dry and crippling box that I had on top of my head, making me look like kid in play, and. Um, you know, I got waves, and you know, people started calling me Wavy Chris. So I just kind of transitioned to calling myself Wavy Chris, and that's why my Instagram name is still that. And when I started photography, um, you know, I just started calling it Wavy Media. I didn't want it. I didn't want it to be one dimensional. So instead of it being Wavy Photography or Wavy Videography or you know Wavy Edits or something like that, I just kept it straight up media because I was wanted to attack every single aspect of media. Not just one. For sure. So where do you think you get that creativeness from? Like, where does that stem from? Because that's a pretty big goal. Because when we were like freshmen back then, having that foresight to want to include all the different, you know, media types, where do you think that came from? Um, I'd definitely say I was always like a, a creative type of like kid growing up. Like I was always like getting myself involved with something like uh, like a new project. I loved like putting together Lego sets. My mom would buy me these big old Lego sets and I'd get them done in, in a day. But then I'd 
use some extra pieces or I break them apart and build something entirely different because I, I was always, my mind was just always on like a thousand all the time. So like I always want to make sure like, okay, if I'm going to do something with anything, I'm going to make sure that I'm continuously productive. So that's where my creativity pretty much stems from. For sure. So you, you talk about Legos when you were younger. How did that transition into your actual start for, with photography? Who put you on? And when did you know that you wanted to make photography a big piece of your life going forward? Um, so I pretty much started photography and it kind of stemmed from my dad. My dad and I, you know, he, um, you know, we would sit down at late nights and we'd sit and watch documentaries just about literally anything and just sit down. But, you know, me and my dad, we would particularly have a fondness for like, you know, animal documentaries and stuff. And I just loved like the different shots of like how they could get these these images and these uh, video of these animals and how they did it and everything. So I took like a really like deep love for nature at a really young age. And my mom ended up bringing me to a flower show after I had begged her for like years to bring me. And we finally had found the time because, you know, my sister, my sister is also a track and field athlete. So every weekend, every summer, we would be traveling to different, different places. We were always, uh, I was in sports as well. So I was doing a hundred things. Like I had said, my mind was always about a thousand. So I was always doing something, but you know, we had finally sat down and found the time and we went to the flower show and I was taken away. You know, I, my, took my phone out uh, and just was taking pictures of everything and you know people started telling me that, like Chris you're taking pictures with your phone like that you should do photography and I ended up remembering that my dad had an old 2004 camera in his closet so I you know I just picked it up it was a really old camera it hadn't been used in the past three four years it was dusty dirty and you know half broken but you know I made it work it was a Nikon D40 you know, I was two years old when first was manufactured and everything. So, you know, it was a great starting point for me. I love how you mentioned your love of nature because remember this summer you texted me because seemed like a video of you like feeding deer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, then when we were living at Mazda, y'all, he would always go like behind like the apartment through like the windy roads and always look for animals to try to take pictures of them. Keep in mind it is twenty degrees outside. Yeah. I'm like, Chris, you are not gonna find anything. No, that was that was definitely funny. For a little context for y'all, um, I just took I took a trip to Atlanta this uh, this summer. So it was like, you know, I don't travel much, so it was my first time in Atlanta. But we went up to the mountains, and I actually got to have a. Um, hands-on experience with a deer where I fed it when it came straight out of my hand. You know, people out here calling me Snow White and stuff. <laughs> I was like, I'm out here talking to animals, but not, Caleb was not capping about the entire, of me trying to go behind uh, Maza, trying to find animals in, tw in 20, 30 degree weather, thinking I was gonna find something. But like, you know, I just really like being outside, dog. Nah, but Mazda, like, just thinking back on it, Mazda, like, doesn't feel real anymore. No, it doesn't. Like, just for some context, Mazda's, like, the apartment that we moved into last year when we were having our track season. But literally, we moved up here on, like, two weeks' notice, and I had no idea. So, Chris and I used to DM on Instagram because we both were on the track team, and dude would always leave me on red, bro. I did leave him on red. <laughs> the first time, first conversation we had, uh, we I definitely left him on red. 
And so imagine me don't know who my roommate is. I just see Chris in the hallway at Burr. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm living with the dude that was leaving me already. <laughs> and I didn't know I didn't know that was him until, you know, he had mentioned to me. And I was like, yo, that is so wild. You know, it's a really small world. It's, it's such a small world. For real, but we got up there. And so we moved there on two weeks notice. And keep in mind, I had no idea how to cook, right? <laughs> And we had no dining hall, just buying groceries. Man, Chris, we were living off like oven pizzas and like Chipotle. No, 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 no. You were <laughs> Dog, let me tell y'all, man. This I've never seen somebody eat an entire oven pizza to himself multiple times. But I needed the nutrients, man. I was I was starving out there. No, I just like I, 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 we we didn't even have like a big like like freezer. For our refrigerator, but there would be two or three oven pizzas in there. And Had to. Caleb would just. You know, shout out to DiGiorno. You know, one day we get big enough. I'd love that DiGiorno sponsorship, but they were really showing love. But, you know, while we're talking about, you know, food habits, Chris would just have gallons of iced tea just in his room and he would just sip on those. Oh. <laughs> but I did not see this dude drink water once in like the five months that we lived there. Uh, listen, y'all, I drank water. I just water very, very, very often and consistently. I went through plenty of pallets of water. I mean, not say pallets, cases of water. And uh, he just never saw me drink water. So I, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't paying attention. Maybe he only wanted to pay attention to when I was y'all, drinking iced tea. gallons of iced tea just under his bed. But, you know, Mazel was crazy. And we were up here during the peak of the pandemic. So there really wasn't much that we could do. I think that's why me and Chris were so close because we spent two, like five months basically just in an apartment just with us, just like chilling, playing video games, doing homework. And it just doesn't even feel real because life was so different back then. Yeah, it was definitely different. Like like how Caleb had mentioned before, like we really got like a two weeks notice. Like I was really like in my bed. Like we had a, we had actually gotten a text message from our coach, uh, and, you know, we got on Zoom and he was talking about how he was going to bring a few athletes back. And, like, I was sitting in my bed and I got a call and, you know, it was from uh, uh, Coach Murphy. And he, he called us and he was like, yeah, like, he called me. He was like, yeah, we want to bring you back. I was like, it's like, for real? They're like, yeah, you know, uh, cross country's over, you know, the indoor season's about to start up. You know, we we're going to need you guys, with, you know, in the next two weeks. I'm like, in the two weeks? You know, we moved in, like. December. We moved in on December 27th, 28th. That's three days after Christmas. For real. And I, I had to repack my stuff in the, in the middle of December so I could go and to Maryland and live by myself for the first time. And we were supposed to be living at V. Exactly. Well, two days before we moved two days, in, we got switched to Mazda, right? Yeah. So that was just such a crazy time in life. And I know you were super busy even then because, man, I see Chris moving in bags of camera equipment. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, bro, why, why you need all that? He's like, yeah, I'm a photographer, videographer, filmmaker. I'm like, that intro I gave y'all, that was his first introduction to me. So, Chris, I just want you to speak a little bit on when we actually moved into Maza, you balancing the role of being an athlete and being a photographer back then. When it was just, you know, we're in quarantine, there's not much to do. How'd you balance it back then? Man, uh, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on back at home during that time. Like, you know, I had a few, a few like, um, 
like clients that I was taking photos of and like, you know, taking pictures. I was still taking pictures from my high school, you know, when they had, when they were having sporting events and everything and a few events here and there and for some like, you know, so I just you know for a few clients, you know, in uh, the South Jersey area and, you know, just for me to like up and move my entire like arsenal of equipment to the middle of Maryland where no one knew who I was, I'd say trying to balance, you know, I had to find like a new outlet. So I remember walking up to uh, our coach, uh, David Oliver, and asking like, hey, like I'm a videographer and photographer and, you know, I'm really just trying to like, you know, really just look for a, a new opportunity since being out here, you know, would it be cool with you if I just take pictures for the team? And he's like, yeah, you know, just come after our practice and everything like that. And man, it was a definitely uh, an adjustment, like, you know, coming, going to practice at 6, 7 a.m. in the morning, and then I'd stay there for the rest of the day and just take pictures and not come back until 4 or 5 o'clock. Because, you know, I, I, it didn't matter to me. I just wanted to grind. Yeah. You know, I wanted to grind. I needed to get my my foot in the water, you know. And for me to even shoot for a Division One track and field team, that that just kick-started me. Like immediately, so that was definitely that for sure. Yeah, it was dope seeing you do all of that because I don't think people saw even today they don't see the behind the scenes of all the work you put in, like the late nights editing. Yeah. And I know the creative process was really draining. And I just want you to speak on just the like the behind the scenes. People see you take the pictures, but what is the process looking like from you know taking hundreds to thousands of pictures, editing it down to like the best fifty? dealing with people trying to press you for pictures how'd you deal with all of that because i know even today now that you're doing it on a much bigger scale which we're definitely going to dive into more how you made that transition how do you deal with just the behind the scenes and making sure that doesn't impact the art that you create okay do you want to want to answer this question in a in a past sense or in a current or present state um i want you to go from the past and then we'll we'll re-dive into now, but I want you to just, we're going in the Mazda year, right? Okay, in the Mazda year, okay. So, uh, man, I would go to those practices and i take anywhere close to like eight to 700 photos of a two, two hour practice. And, you know, I take so many photos, making sure I'm trying to get as many people as I can. And, you know, and, and then I, I come back and I'd sit down on my computer and 800 photos, or you know, that would take a to go through every single last one. And then, like, a lot of people don't realize, like, okay, people are anybody can have a camera. Let me put that out there now. If you have a camera, you have a camera. But if you're a photographer, you are a photographer. And what I mean by that is, not everybody with a camera can be a photographer because. There's a certain artistic knowledge and work ethic that goes into becoming an actual photographer. Photography, photography is a thing that you can do, but you not call yourself a photographer because a photographer has to be a master at, it, at, that, at that craft and know exactly what he's doing 24-7. So when I sit down on my computer and I look at all these photos that I take, I have to keep everything into into mind. The lighting, am I, am I going to be able to save this photo if it's too dark, if it's too bright? What is the background looking like? What does a foreground look like? What does a mid-tones look like? The, you know, what, what can I see in these, um, especially since I'm shooting sports, like, okay, is this person's hand moving too fast? Is it blurry? Is it, am I focusing it right? 
is um, you know how am I framing it? Can I if it's if the subject is too far away? Can I crop it to where it's not blurry? If it is it too close up? You know you have you definitely have to think of those type of things, and you know it will take you a few close to three four hours to even find something that you're truly happy with. Yeah. No, that, that's really interesting right there because, guys, I would see just the behind the scenes of him in his room for hours, you know, cooking up the photos. And then you see them on Instagram, you see the finished product, but you don't see the work that goes yeah. into it. So a big thing that, you know, I'm a business major and, you know, everyone's heard you have to spend money to make money. Of and I've personally seen you spend thousands of dollars on getting new equipment So just speak on how you had you know, just the want and need to invest in yourself and how you knew that would help your product get it to where it is today. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess I'll dive back a little bit and back more into the um, the old Nikon. Um, when I started, when I first started off, you know, the Nikon, at the time, when I started in 2016, the Nikon was probably worth close to probably $200. And, um, and you know, I just kept on working with that for like a year, and you know, my, I got my first like actual like big time job. It was like not even big time. It was like a hundred dollar job for a sweet sixteen. And my dad, you know, he just saw like the real passion in my eyes, and um, we had already been through like a few passions and everything like that, because you know that's how that's how kids are. They go through their passions, they see what they like or they really want to do, and like I was sitting around and. Um, he's just like, listen, if you're really passionate about doing this, I will give you half of a camera that you want that you want. And I said, okay. So you know, I did my research and I bought a Canon 77D. It was worth uh, 1100 at the time. So he went half with me, with me on that. That was my first big boy purchase. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I worked with that all the way up to like, 2020 and then I ended up buying my Sony and I dropped a few a few K on that and a few K on other equipment and you know I was just wanted to take myself this to take off yeah yeah so now we're at the end of Mars we're transitioning over the summer and this is just a quick question here when did you realize if you realized that this summer even that your work was going to be seen by a whole new group of people this year and that you were really about to take wavy media to a whole new level um so after when i realized that like i was going to like be you know what actually i can't lie to you i really didn't expect it to be what it is now for i really i, I just can't i couldn't even like even like fathom to like how much love and how much like support I get from the people that I do now because you know after after you know ha shooting the track season and and going to the countless meets of going to North Carolina twenty times <laughs> or, you know shooting at uh, uh, MEAC championships for track and field um, and I met with uh, the director of Spurs Communications here at Howard and you know he was just like. You know what? We want to see what you want to do, but like, you know, you got to show us what you're putting on tape. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I, I'll do it. You know, I already had a few of my photos um, published in a few articles already. And they were like, um, you, you know, we've we seen you do the photos, but let's see like how like how good you are with like your processing and how you do it. Like I'm talking about I was editing on site 
during these during this meet. I mean, I take a photo and I run over to my computer and I pop it in, drop a drop a preset on top of the photo and send it off to the editors and the uh, and the writing team and they put up put it up on their Instagram or something like that. So once I knew that once I was putting in this this so much effort and then I came over throughout the summer and um I just was like taking pictures of all these all these sports teams and everything like that. And then I caught the eye of a few people that work at the office communications and uh, here, and they were like, we, "We see, we see you. We want to work with you, but you gotta show us that you can do it." And I was like, "Okay, bet." And um, I think that like the biggest breakthrough for Wavy Media was was Homecoming Weekend. That was huge. That's huge. That's actually going into my next question because just starting off in August when we get back. Can you just walk the people through what you were doing on a day-to-day basis, balancing school, sports, photography, and a social life? Because me and Chris are roommates, and there would be days where we would see each other for our 8 a.m. class we had together, but then I wouldn't see him again until 10, 11 at night, just as a testament to how much you were doing. I just want you to speak on a day-to-day so you can really show the people what that real work ethic is like. So I say uh, before I even, like, got got in with the uh, office communications. Um, you know, I was just working directly with sports communications. It was usually I'd wake up at 8 a.m., you know, we go to our 8 a.m. class, it would be our Spanish class, and um, I'd come back, I'd probably just look at my computer, see what um, sporting events I had for the day. I'd get on, a, on call with um, uh, the director and the uh, other communications of people that I work with and they tell they usually give me a schedule throughout the whole the whole season for the whole fall season and I would just make sure I showed up so usually work would probably start around 5 or 6 p.m. I wouldn't get out of there till maybe 9 this is relatively uh, volleyball season uh, sometimes football I guess I could say let's talk about the truth and service game. Oh, that was the the truth and service craziest, game. Craziest. That was the hardest I've ever seen. You really yeah. get in your bag for real. I'm talking, guys. I'm talking about. I wake up at six, five, six a.m. Waking me up at five, six a.m. too because yeah. you want to be loud with that camera equipment. <laughs> yeah, don't have to talk about that. Yeah, waking at um five, six a.m. in the morning and just and uh, you know make sure I got all my equipment ready to get ready for the day and I leave to go to Audi Field for the truth and service game where Howard played Hampton. And I ended up not even getting home until like 9, 10 o'clock. I left at 7 a.m., guys. And I still had to do more work. I literally, when I got back, I passed out on the floor and Caleb walked in on me. And <laughs> I literally have a picture of him face down on our floor, laying on top of the cause for like just passed out. Yeah. He, he had to drop the calls rug in there, you know. Caleb loves calls. Love it. And But, yeah, man, you know, it, it, especially when you want something that badly and you want to, like, really just put in the work. Mind you, the school was exceptionally loved my photography. And um, they were super happy with what I put out as, as well as the athletes were happy with what I put out as well. And... Um, yeah, you know, I wanted it really badly. You know, it doesn't, it's more, I'm, I was willing to put my body to be tired in almost 90, 80 degree heat For so I could get the best shots and the best videos so, so that not only ESPN could have them, that Howard could have them too. And so, and I just don't do it for 
the clout. I don't just do it for the recognition. You know, I do it because I want the athletes themselves to also have these photos because, you know, obviously photos are timeless. For real. Photos are timeless, especially when you're playing in such a huge game like that. You could be playing your last game or you could be playing your first game. You could be playing... Uh, a game where you're going to have to have a thousand receiving yards or a thousand points and I snapped that picture of you taking that final shot or getting that big game catch you know those photos are timeless you can give those to your mom or your grandparents or you know keep it for yourself you know so I wanted every athlete at that time to you know at least have a picture that I took of them yeah on their phone and with that you have to just grind it out all the time so me coming back at 11 o'clock and me having to get back on the computer and going through all those photos and editing all those videos so that I could put it out the next day, you know, it was, it was worth it, man. It's definitely worth it. Because now it's, now it's, it's an empire. So something we haven't touched on, and y'all, you hear the work he's putting in with photography, the same thing with school. Chris, you're a D1 athlete, too, and you're practicing two, two hours a day, getting treatment for an hour and a half, two hours. How are you managing being an athlete keeping the mentality right and dealing with the other stressors in life along with the photography. So I just want you to speak to the athletic side of it. Now. The athletic side, man, like being an athlete and having to do this as well is like, um, it's very hard. It is, it is hard. Like people, you know, especially when I'm doing, when I'm doing photography and like, you know, I get a bunch of athletes asking me for photos, you know, and I realize like, yo bro, like, you know, I'm sorry if these photos don't come out in the next two, three weeks, you know, but like, I'm sorry if these photos will come out in a week or in the next two, three weeks, or it may take like close to a month, which I hate the fact that I do, but you know, I have practice too. And then I have to make sure that I, we usually have two a days. I make sure that I have to get my runs in, which are close to eight to 10 miles a day. And then I have to make sure I'm getting treatment as well. And then hitting the weight room and then make sure I'm taking care of my body and my mind. You know, um, I meditate and do yoga every Wednesday so that I, you know, I can stay at peace of mind and doing what I need to do. Um, so, you know, balancing all those time and trying to find time for all that stuff, you know, it's very hard. And, and especially trying to have a social life as well is, um, definitely like one of the more challenging things to do uh trying to find time to where i'm just like okay let's not sit in my room let's not dig, uh, dive into some photography and be stuck onto a, com- a to a computer every single day and you know you guys know how it is to be staring at a phone screen 24 hours a day or and just running when you're just you know just dog tired you know trying to go out and go have actual fun with your friends and stuff you know we're, we're in college our first semester exactly. you know we want to actually go out and go do these parties Caleb can tell you like I don't party Caleb can tell you I do not party and that's real because y'all even on Friday Saturday nights when people are out having fun you just see Chris in the lab you know working on, on photography or either doing homework because just during the week his time is, there's just not that much free time. And I just want to pivot right here. Just talk about the hard work and perseverance. Just where did that type of mentality from? Where did you learn that? Because it's truly inspirational. Just as your friend and your roommates seeing you work all these hours today to chase your goal and to be the best of what you do. I just, I think my hard work, you know, it's just that I want to separate myself because like, you know, I'm not one of them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to be like everybody else. I want to put my put my brand and put myself in a position to where I will be the best. Not I'm saying I am the best because I believe I have such a hard 
I still got a long way to go, but I want to make sure I'm in position to be the best, and I'm not going to stop doing that. Yeah. So that's definitely what where my hard work comes from, and I just want to be different. I want to be the, I want to be the best, and I will do what it takes. For sure. So Chris, right now you're 19, and that's not old. That's not young. But just people that are younger than you that are trying to balance, you know, being super passionate about their sport and being passionate about their art. How do you? Like what are your what's your advice to younger artists and athletes about keeping their craft for them and not worrying about the outside influences and just working hard and maintaining that individuality that you're so passionate about? I'd say one thing, and this is usually what I tell anybody that ever tries to learn from me, be hard on yourself. You know, just be super hard on yourself. I, I mean like you have to realize like yes, you have a talent. And this talent needs to be nurtured and needs to be picked throughly and you need to like really just like sharpen this this craft that you're this talent that you have, you know. But you gotta be hard on yourself. If you're not looking at it from like, okay, yes, I took this I took this photo, yes, I made this t-shirt, I made this song, and I did this, this, that, and that, how can it be better? You know? How can it be better? Criticize yourself. I criticize myself 24-7. Even today, my pictures are not perfect. I know that. My pictures are not perfect. Yes, I have a great product, and my quality always comes out amazing because that's because I'm always hard on myself because I refuse to have anything less than a good photo. But there are things that I could do 10 times better that can propel my me to even have even better quality photos and get more clients and get more like engagement from other people. So I'd say that was that is my best key advice to anyone that's trying to be an artist or be a creative period is you gotta be hard on yourself. You gotta realize your strengths, you gotta realize your weaknesses and you gotta realize how can you make yourself better. Well, that's real. And you know, just starting to wrap up, I guess, the discussion about wavy media and your life right now. Where do you see yourself one year from now and where do you see yourself in five years? Just personally with wavy media, with sports, all of it. Um, where I see myself in wavy media is I wouldn't say uh, relatively about the same by the same place. I'd say that I'm a little I would be a little more leveled up. You know, I've been through a hard uh, semester balancing school and work and and sports definitely has been a crazy year for sports and everything and um, I'd say I have more of hang of it I have a more better with time management uh, getting the chance to really like get my flow better with editing and finding more time to do this that and then also finding time to you know just do me and and you know, engaging in the actual social life that Howard has to um, uh, has to offer. Has to offer. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd say. I think I'm definitely will be in more in the swing of things and understanding the better business side of it all, and you know, just continue to have fun. Just continue to have fun, pretty much. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. For sure. Know. So. You on the hot seat now? Okay, like, I, I gotta give you some rapid fire okay, questions. Right, here we go. Here we you go. Know, we, we've had some of these debates, you know, off, off, um, off the record, but we, we gotta say it on record. Okay. Now. All right. All right. On record. First things first. You know, I'm a big, a huge Kanye fan. 
Donda or Certified Lover Boy? Man, you already know, man. I'm a Certified Lover Boy. Come on, man. You know I'm a Certified Lover Boy, man. Listen, 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 listen. listen. I, I need you to break it down. You just can't say one's better with the other without, you know, the... I feel you. I feel you. Listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. Kanye, GOAT. Right there. 100%. I can tell that's, that's all 100%. I need to hear. It's GOAT. You feel listen, me? Listen, Watch the Throne... Timeless. That is one of the best albums I've ever heard. That, that collaboration between him and Jay Z was. I listen to Otis every day. Bro. <laughs> Otis is just great, and uh, but Drake, man, Drake's been at the top of the game for since we were kids. Since we were actually, like, you know, Ye been running the culture since two thousand five. Man, Ye's Ye is not even like. In the right mind space to Boy, stop playing. He doesn't even know if he wants to stay with Kim Kardashian or not. He does not know. Hey, we stop, have we team Kim Ye. Kim stop, Ye. stop let making that woman run around. Let her <laughs> do her thing and let them figure out their little child support and everything like that. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. I'm very serious because see, yes, Kanye, Kanye's kryptonite is Kim. Kim can control Kanye. Not controlling him in a sense of controlling his manhood and controlling the type of person that he is, but she can handle the type of person that he is, especially when he has his little mental breakdowns and everything like that. But Drake? Drake. Drake. Now, Drake, listen. I'm Drake in the wheelchair. Listen, Drake is a very, very great artist. On the outside, I don't like Drake. On the inside, when it comes to making his music, I like Drake because Drake is a great artist. I will always listen to his music. I don't... Personally support him as a as a person, but as an artist, come on, you can't match Drake. Drake is going to ha- win more Grammys than Kanye ever has. But okay, I got I got to stop you there because I feel like at this point in their careers, Drake is making music for those accolades, and Kanye is making music to preserve the art form. You know, I just find I don't even like comparing them as artists anymore even though I asked the question because Donda is a hundred times better but I just feel like Donda is art okay you feel me you can just listen to the different samples on there just the production as a whole you listen to that and it's it's an experience every time okay like you know when it was first coming out I would press play and listen to the full hour and a half run track all the way through and Certified Loverboy, I feel like it's good. And there's some definitely good songs on there, but you just don't get the substance I feel like you're getting with Donda. Okay, I can agree. I can definitely agree with Caleb here is saying that uh, Donda is definitely an art piece. I've listened to Kanye's beats. Kanye's made some amazing, just phenomenal beats that really just take your breath away. And if you're going to do anything about saying, like, keeping an art form, Yes, Kanye, when it comes to art and creating music in an artistic way, yes, like that. But Drake, Drake, it doesn't matter who, what beat he's on, what he's sliding. Because listen, what was that one song with, was it Smiley? That, that was hard. Bro, bro. <laughs> no, I might have been going to hold you. That was hard. Like, it doesn't matter who he's featured by. If he's on a song by himself or as a feature, he always slides. He always slides. Him and Lil Baby, they both slide on every single feature, every single solo song that they have, they always slide. Now, you can def- now how many misses does Drake have? Really? Uh, he, he really don't got that. He doesn't really have that many misses. Now, how many misses does Kanye have? You know, we're we, we going to cut it there because we're not doing um, Kanye's slander on Keep It A Million. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, next question. 
favorite pair of shoes you've ever bought. And we've seen your shoe collection, Chris. I, oh, hey. You want to talk about my shoe collection, man? Okay. You want to talk about my favorite Jays? I'd say my favorite Jays are just 11s, period. I love 11s. I love how they look. Uh, I have a, a pair of Fire Red 4s. Um, some Yeezys. I definitely have some um, CDG Converse. I'm pretty sure everybody has a pair of those. You know, those are just classic uh, ones. Um, I'm starting to go to more like a casual type of shoe look. I'm starting to buy more, more New Balances and um, stuff like that. But if I had to say the my favorite pair that I ever bought had to be Kobe. I think they were Kobe 11s. Kobe high, like really, like really high top one. Yeah, the ankle support. Yeah, the, the ankle support, man. They were really high top ones. They were like an all like neon green type, bro. And I just, I don't know. I was like maybe like 13, 12. Really loved those shoes. But um, if I had to do number two, which is a big tie, was my Jordan 11 Game of Blues. Yo, them jaws were so fire, man. I wish I could uh, buy those again. I, I mean, I can buy them again, but I'm not dropping. You got the wavy medium money. Exactly. You know, I got the wavy, <laughs> I got the wavy medium money, but I'm not dropping three four hundred dollars on some sneakers now because I kind of feel like I don't know. I'm not dropping that much money on sneakers anymore. I'm kind of grew out of that. I'll buy a solid 120 or. You know anything b- below a hundred? You know because there's some pretty nice shoes below a hundred dollars. Sure. You know, you know I had to put my boy onto them blazers. Hey, the you out of pocket? You out of pocket? You know, if you see him with some ninety-seven blazers on, just know that you know that came from your boy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I definitely talk about my favorite sneakers like that. Got it. You know, the last question of the first episode of Keep It a Million. I got to call you right here. What's happening with your Eagles, bro? Bro, they're okay. Never mind. I listen. Okay. You want to talk about the Eagles, man? Listen, Jalen Hurts is the future. He is. I know he is the next Michael Vick. He has the potential to be the next Michael Vick if they... Okay, the first few weeks of the season was very shaky. I did not even want to watch the Eagles because they just looked like straight-up crap. Jalen Rager has been nothing but the laziest receiver, laziest Second first round pick I've ever seen the Eagles ever take. I don't know why they took him. That's the second year, second time they drafted a receiver before a all pro receiver. You draft him one pick before Justin Jefferson, who has the accolades, who's been to the national championship and actually knows how to play in big time situations into it instead of a TCU wide receiver who has a somewhat same 40 time of Deshaun Jackson. Who I, don't, also I don't like the way you said TCU, man. Shout out Texas real quick. All right, keep going, keep going. <laughs> As, anyways, before I was rudely interrupted by someone <laughs> from Texas, uh, yeah, I mean, who really, like, Taylor Raker is, is, is a mediocre. And, and if I don't see otherwise, why? Devonta Smith has been phenomenal. Now, yes, he is the same weight as me, and I'm 19, and he's about 23. Um, <laughs> Yes, put me in some pads and let me go catch some uh, balls from uh, Jalen Hurts, but nah. And the whole situation surrounding with Zach Ertz and them not giving uh, Miles Sanders the ball enough, but then giving the ball to Boston Scott, who is good, but is not that good. And the new coach situation, You okay, honestly, I think the Eagles entirely need a, a new revamp of just a rebuild because... 
after that Super Bowl year, I don't know what happened. They just like didn't look like they were mentally still in it. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey should have caught the ball. That's how I feel. But if you want to talk about my Eagles, let's really dive into the Cowboys. Y'all start off the season, what, 7-2? and two? What's your record right now? It's like I think now we're like eight and what's, four. What's your record right now? We're like eight and four right now. But we we, we were putting in that work, but I feel like we got messed up because Amari Cooper had COVID and CD had a concussion, so we lost a couple games straight. Mm-hmm. But we're still Super Bowl bound if you really look at it, because you know Dak's having a good comeback year. Mm-hmm. He's not even in midseason form yet. He's still coming back from when okay. he shattered his ankle last year. Okay, you know. Now I can lie to you, Dak looks very good. He I does. Dak very. Dak does look very good as a quarterback right now. Zeke as well. I. I mean, yes, Zeke was. Not the fat shame Zeke, but he was fat. He was big. That boy was big. He's out here looking like three hundred pounds. I am <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, he's, they're both looking very good. Their offense is moving very nicely, especially with the backup. With You guys said about with Tony Pollard, right? Tony Pollard is a demon. Yeah, he definitely has. He's I definitely been I, looking really good. At this point, I want to give Tony Pollard more carries because Zeke is nice, but Tony just brings that explosive. Yeah, he's him. definitely a very explosive back. You know, every time I do tune into a Cowboys game, he's a very explosive back. But, you know, let's talk about Trevon Diggs. Demon. Trevon Diggs is washed. I need everybody to hear that now. He is a wash. He has eight interceptions. He has eight interceptions off of garbage time (laughs) interceptions in the fourth quarter because some quarterbacks don't don't know how to make the correct decisions because who who has he picked off really? Everybody. Chris just a hater, y'all. Trevon Diggs, big shout out to what he's doing for our defense right now. Big shout out to the Cowboys. You know, I'm hoping, you know, being at least make a little bit of a run in the playoffs this year. Never forget that the Cowboys had a, 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 almost an undefeated season and lost in the in the bye. And what, what was that? The second round? They lost in the we're, second we're round. We're not going to talk about that. That's when Aaron Rodgers was out of his mind. Dak and Zeke's rookie. Aaron Rodgers is still out of his mind, and he owns you. Well, we're not going to speak on that, Chris. When, when y'all can beat us two times in a row, then you know I'll, I'll be able to respect y'all as an organization. Okay, so next time that we play, we want to push push us on it. But stop playing with me. 50 push-ups. 50 push-ups. 50 push-ups. Bet. All right, there you go. 50 push-ups, man. 50 push-ups, man. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great, you know, definitely being here and, uh, you know, talking to my boy Caleb, man. You know, I love Caleb. Caleb has definitely pulled me through. Helped me and pulled me through a lot of some some dark times that we had through these uh, these past year and a half, man. A couple situations, A couple situations, man. But, you know, Caleb, you know, he's definitely a road dog, man. I definitely appreciate him. I know I couldn't have found a better friend a better roommate and you know i'm glad that i got placed in that room with caleb last year when we didn't know what we were doing and i had no idea we out here running track 20 degrees 20 degrees and you know trying to you know just make moves and trying to live our lives through covid and dealing with an insurrection in the middle of the season now wait can we tell that story thing (laughs) we're about to wrap this up but y'all when the Capitol got raided last year, Chris, I were, we were at practice and we were planning to go because it was like our first week in D.C. So we're planning to go into the city that day, find somewhere to eat. And we go to the locker room and just see the Capitol just trending on Twitter. And we saw like five helicopters just fly over Howard heading towards the Capitol. Right. But I looked at Chris because like, um, yeah, 
we're going home. <laughs> I remember we go home and Chris was standing like a dad in front of CNN for the rest of the night with his hands on his hips, just watching, shaking his head at the foolishness that was happening. Now. Yes, that was it was that yeah. was that was our first week up here, bro. Yeah, bro. But I mean, like, yeah, there's there's countless stories, countless things that they could probably tell you, but we know. Not gonna hold you for too long. Got to, got to. Well, we we gonna have Chris back on the podcast. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, we gotta have a little part two and everything. Got to. But yeah, you know, I'm glad to be here for the first episode of Keep It a Millie. Keep It a Millie, man. So uh, yeah, I'm glad to see my boy starting up a new chapter in his life and seeing who he brings onto the show. So make sure y'all are continuously tuning in. I appreciate you. And Chris, um, you can just take this um, moment right here. Tell the people what you have going on in the short future, where they can find you on Instagram, where they can book with you. If they need pictures, just let the people know. Hey, y'all, listen. I'm telling y'all right now. Total revamp of Wavy Media. I'm talking about clothes, uh, consistent uploading bases, new new faces, uh Definitely, like, getting a tired, like, a small little team to help me, like, really, like, branch it off. I'm talking about small films, long films. Uh, my U- my YouTube, that when he did mention it, YouTube, we're trying to do a, a weekly thing, something like that, you know? Just working with some big people, NBA, NFL. We have, I have so much planned for the next few next few weeks, next few months, you know? Especially this upcoming summer is going to be a big movie for me and you know you follow me on instagram at at wxvy chris with three s's and then follow the photography page at wxvy media so you know thank you guys for supporting appreciate y'all for tapping in man this has been the first episode of keep it a milli appreciate y'all keeping it a milli with me today i'm gonna catch y'all next time